is a cold silence that we don't dare speak. There's a wall between us and a river so deep. We keep pretending that there's nothing wrong. There's a code of silence and it can't go on. Written a long time ago. We'll hear it unfolding 
as he makes his appearances over the next few years. Federal officials in Canada said last week that the government wanted to ensure the meeting's outcome reflected the fact that access to water is not formally recognized as a human right in international law. But a social advocacy group said that the position was designed to protect the right to sell water under the North American Free Trade Agreement. They did articles on selling water. They're already doing it from Canada to some parts of the States. And you know that the big boys in the know get the big lucrative contracts and they bypass all the petty bureaucracy, all that little stuff that you and I have to wade through every day. Back with more after these following messages. such 
her right. But anyway, uh, it boils down to the fact that we simply uh, have no rights over food uh, or water, uh, the energy that we need to warm ourselves and so on, especially in Canada and other countries that are pretty cold. That's all been taken away from us to make us all helpless and obedient to the only system left uh, that's in charge of it. Quite something. We've all been grazing on that grass, that green, green grass of home, and not looking up to watch the fences getting built all around us. Here's another article here to do with Canada again and the United States. And this is coming from World Net Daily, February 24th, 2008. I remember reading it at the time, but I thought you'd go back and read it again. This military merger continues. NORTHCOM furthers NAU police state agenda, North American Union police state event agenda. Wednesday, 27th of February, 2008. North American Army created without OK by Congress. U.S.-Canada military Inc. deal to fight domestic emergencies. By Jerome R. Corsi, 2008 World Net Daily, February 24, 2008. In a ceremony that received virtually no attention in American media, the United States and Canada signed a military agreement February 14th allowing the armed forces from one nation to support the armed forces of the other nation during a domestic civil emergency, even one that does not involve a cross-border crisis. The agreement, defined as a civil assistance plan, was not submitted to Congress for approval, nor did Congress pass any law or treaty specifically authorizing this military agreement to combine the operations of the armed forces of the U.S. and Canada in the event of a wide range of domestic civil disturbances, ranging from violent storms to health epidemics to civil riots, that's the real one, or terrorist attacks. In Canada, the agreement paving the way for the militaries of the U.S. and Canada to cross each other's borders to fight domestic emergencies was not announced either by the Harper government or the Canadian military, prompting sharp protest, which of course is just totally ignored. It's kind of a trend when it comes to issues of Canada-U.S. relations, the conscientious issues like military integration. Stuart True, a researcher with the Council of Canadians, told the CanWest News Service. We see that this government is reluctant to disclose information to Canadians that is readily available on American and Mexican websites. I believe Mexico was also involved in this. The military civil assistance plan can be seen as a further incremental step being taken towards creating a North American armed forces available to be deployed, deployed in domestic North American emergency situations. Now, that already came out a few years ago, 2005, on the CBC television in Canada, when they called it Fortress America, and why we had to merge together to save ourselves primarily, and number two, to compete with China and the European Union. The agreement was signed at U.S. Army North Headquarters, Fort Sam Houston, Texas, by U.S. Air Force General Gene Renoart, commander of NORAD and U.S. Northern Command, or U.S. NORTHCOM, and by Canadian Air Force Lieutenant General Mark Dumay, commander of Canada Command. This document is a unique bilateral military plan to align our respective national military plans to respond quickly to the other nation's request for military support of civil authorities, Reinhardt said in a statement published
published on the U.S. NORTHCOM website. Discussing new bilateral civil assistance plan established by U.S. NORTHCOM and Canada Command, Renard stressed unity of effort during bilateral support for civil support operations such as floods, forest fires, hurricanes, earthquakes, and effects of a terrorist attack in order to save lives, prevent human suffering, and mitigate damage to property is of the highest importance, and we need to be able to have forces that are flexible and adaptive to support rapid decision-making in a collaborative environment. Back in the 70s, the UN started prattling on about rapid deployment forces. This is what it was all about back then not sending forces across the planet necessarily, but sending them anywhere in in America or Canada or Europe for that matter. Lieutenant General Dumais seconded Renoir's sentiment stating the signing of this plan is an important symbol of the already strong working relationship between Canada Command and the U.S. Northern Command. Our commands were created by our respective governments to respond to defense and security challenges of the 21st century, that's Agenda 21, of course, he stressed, and we both realize that these and other challenges are best met through cooperation between friends. We're all friends now. So look into that one. It's just another sign of the times. As, as I say, this big coming chaotic period builds up, and the, the shepherds, the good shepherds, are building the fences and cages all around you while you're guzzling along with your entertainment and eating the grass. Quite simple. Works every time. And those with a bit of sense are aware of what is coming. Now, I'll go to the phones now. There's some people there already. And we've got Rose from Georgia. There are you there, Rose? Hello. Hello? Hello? Yeah, hello. Relationship between Canada Command hello? and the U.S. Yes, we've got a delay going on, too, and I, I hear you talking, but we've got a delay here. Defense and security challenges. Okay, all right, sorry. Okay. Yeah, you already turned your music off if you want to talk on the phone because you'll have a few seconds delay and it comes back through the loop going. Okay, all right. It's just that your your talk is so important. <laughs> I yeah. want to get a reward of it. I can always listen to it tomorrow night. <laughs> uh-huh. Can I go ahead and ask you my question? Sure, go ahead, yeah. Well, first I just want to say that I think you're an amazing teacher because all those books that you're talking about, I've been researching them, and, uh, wow, you're right on track. So you're, you're, you're amazing. You're like a wealth of knowledge. People don't realize how important you are in these times, but I do. I know, I know you're the most important person we have right now. But anyway, I appreciate that. Yeah. But um, you were talking a little bit about water, and that's not what I—that's not the reason I called. But you were talking about it. It's been in the back of my mind. Uh-huh. In my area, recently, I'm not sure if they cut it off, but people were being fined ten thousand dollars to water their lawns and their gardens. Uh-huh. I thought that was rather extreme, but I just wanted to add that. Yeah. And the other reason for my call is. Um, on the 7th, you had a caller. I don't know if he was from Texas or somewhere. Um, it was towards the end of your talk. And he was um, trying to find the first global revolution yeah. um, put out by the, Glo- the um, Club of Rome. Uh-huh. Well, what I wanted to tell him, I hope he's listening tonight, when Alan talks about a book, 
You don't sit on it. You get on the Internet, and you type it in right away and start searching. Because every book that Alan has been talking about on his lectures are disappearing. Yeah. The prices are jumping up dramatically. Okay? Just to give you an example, today I looked for that book on the Internet. I found it on A. Libris. Mm-hmm. There were several copies available, used copies, and the prices, the, the, the lowest price was $134, and then they jumped up from there. Mm-hmm. Well, when I came home, I did another search. Well, I already bought the book. I bought the book as soon as I found it. Guess what? All those copies are gone except for one copy that's used, and it's $451. Really? Okay? Right. Yes. Also, the, the Z. Big Brzezinski book that you were talking about, mm-hmm. Between the Two Ages. Yeah. I hear the music. <laughs> Yeah, hold on, and we'll, we'll okay. discuss this right. after after the, the break here. Mm-hmm. I'm making 
crap money. I'm working two jobs and making 70% less than what I made back in 1996. Yeah. Okay? And I'm bilingual. Mm-hmm. And I'm making, I'm making squat, man. This is bad. Mm-hmm. Okay? But you know what? I keep my head up. And I listen to you every night that I can. I go back to your archives and I listen to everything you say. My uncle Butch was like you. He used to read every damn book in the world. And that man was brilliant. And he was stuck working in a, in a uh, steel mill. Yeah. And the poor man died young, okay? But when we were children, we used to sit at his feet, and he used to talk to us the way you talk to your audience. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you something. Those talks from our uncle was priceless because that has followed me in my entire life. Yeah. And many of the books that you're mentioning, my uncle used to tell us about these books when we were kids. Mm-hmm. Okay? And, you know, we kind of followed, but not... Exactly. You just sat in the back of our heads. Mm-hmm. My brother is also waking up. I'm trying to give him some information, but he doesn't have much time either. Yes. But I want to thank you so much for the information you give. I don't know how much longer you're going to be able to keep doing this. I know. Oh, I know. Okay? Yeah. But if anybody can, they need to, they need to somehow archive the information you have before they shut down that net, because eventually they're going to shut it down. That's really shut down, yeah, the, the, this internet. I have too, conducted you know. searches that were, I would consider sensitive, okay, mm-hmm. or, you know, politically sensitive, and end up with a, a, the most bizarre list of hits mm-hmm. in different languages and, and Chinese and, and some that were absolute gobbledygook. I said, what the hell is this? Yes. I, am I imagining this? I had to actually take a printout. I took a copy of it and sent it to my brother. So you got to look at this. You're not going to believe it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's you know. So the people out there who are kind of hesitant, man, you guys got to act fast because I'll tell you what, that curtain is that iron curtain, man. It's coming down. It's coming down. It's coming down. Yeah. First it's coming they get down you, real fast. First they get you hooked. Then they make it indispensable. Then they start policing it. That's right. And then you start pulling the sites. You, yeah. also, you also talk a lot about the vaccines. Mm-hmm. I work at a county health department as an interpreter. Yeah. Okay? Man, I never, I've never seen so many messed up little children in my life. Yes, I know. They're getting, you wouldn't believe the vaccines they're, they're, these kids are getting. Mm-hmm. And you know what? And if they don't want them, they hold them down, jam them in them. Yes. They got it. But you know what? I'll tell you what. When I have one parent on the phone, or anybody come in there that has any snippet of a brain, because there's not many out there. They're, I mean, they're really brainwashed. Mm-hmm. But if they have one little glimmer of intelligence, I let them know how they can exempt out to get that, of, of that vaccine. Yeah. yeah. And guess what? They go for it. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. the best I can do. I can't, I can't go in there and, and cause mayhem in the health department. I'll lose my job. I mean, I need, I need I to know. eat. You know, right. I'm we're, we're, all over a, we're all over a barrel in this society. We, we do what we can. Under the circumstances, and we got four, year, you know, we we got four year olds, four year olds that don't know the difference between a circle and a square. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. They come in. They can barely talk. Yes. They're like almost five, and they can barely talk. Mm-hmm. What is wrong with? They're all like that. Well, I know. And they're uh, twitchy. <laughs> I know cardiac surgeons who, who phone me, and they're opening up young men about thirty years of age, and inside. It's where there were 70. We're, we're prematurely aging. Yeah. But, but thanks for calling, Rose. Thanks for calling. Back after these messages.
You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Losers. Mm-hmm. They have um, a lady that looks like she's crying. 
with another lady, and she's holding a baby, mm-hmm. and they have, kind of have their hands up, and it looks like it looks like stars or mm-hmm. fires falling on them from the heavens. What? Uh... Uh, the ladies often symbolize um, grief, grief and rebirth. Uh, it's a cry, and it's also joy for the creation of a new type, a new system, a new type, or even a new creature. Oh, I can see that. Yeah, because there's one with her head down, with her hands up. There's another one with her head up and one hand up. Yes. And then she's hold- and her other hand is holding the baby. Yes. Yeah. I see. That's, that's the new man to come. The, the new, new rule by the new man. Yeah. Wow. And and I and, oh I see. And then uh, they have one where he's there's It looks like death on a horse. Yeah. It looks like there's the priest or the pope or somebody's below the horse, mm-hmm. and, and the rider's real bony. Old man, he's got like a staff with three. It looks like three prongs. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm guessing it's three prongs. I'm not sure. Yeah. But what, does that does that rider represent death? It's, it's more than just death. The, the horse means overland. The three points, is it three points of masonry, but it's also the tripod of, um, of Neptune. So it means land and sea. It's a domination of land and sea. Awesome. And so I, I, I take it that that man that's underneath that horse. That looks like a, a pope or a priest of some kind mm-hmm. that, that's crying. That's, what is that, the current religion that they're trying to conquer? Or? Yes, old, what they call superstition, the old ways. Yeah. Oh, the old superstition. Yeah. Crazy, I love it. How about the last one? The, the guy, he looks like God. Actually, he's all grayed up. He's got woolly hair, big beard. His eyebrows come out like half an inch past his head. Uh-huh. He's holding a book, and he's got, he's got um, a knife or a sword. Actually, the sword it starts the the butt of the sword starts at the mouth, and he's not even holding it. It's just coming straight out of his mouth. Uh-huh. And I'm like, it's set on top of his mouth, and then the sword just comes down. Yes. Well, again, too, that was the tongue. It represented the sword. Ah, uh, yes. It's not just the pen is mightier, but so is the voice. Whatever you say is uh, mightier as well. Yeah. Ah. Uh, it's a dictatorial society. Ah, uh, nice. Now, now. That, you know, those, those photos complement those chapters eerily. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. They awesome. Do. Yeah, because I just wanted to tell Rose, if she can get a copy of that book, this book, Millennium, it's, mm-hmm. it's an awesome book. I recommend it to anybody. Yeah, they, um, say, that, they say that right there. The next boat people in the world will be Americans going abroad for looking for work. Oh, yeah, it's awesome. It's like this guy, he's like, he takes you through the, the domination of the, basically the planet, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term, yeah. um, through money. Oh yes, through money, and that's and that's what I love about this book. It, it it takes you deep. It takes you into past cultures. It takes you into the objects that we have or gonna have. Mm-hmm. It's basically through money. It's the power of the purse. They call it the power of the purse. Yes. And at the very end, uh, they would force this, everyone in the world, since everyone's dependent on this odd commodity called money, uh, they'd force the whole world along with the agenda. It'll be used to sustain your life. It'll be used to punish you by withdrawing it. And money doesn't have to be any traditional type you've had so far. It can be credits issued by the state eventually, uh, like like uh, ration cards. That's just the same thing. Mm-hmm. So um, money is the big kicker towards the end. Now that we all believe in it, so it's, it's some natural thing. Yeah. So 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 let me let me get this straight. Does Atali does he did he get this knowledge from somewhere else? He had to have, right? He was I mean, he, he, helped, be, he helped it along, but he was groomed to be a top advisor from from for, for Mitterrand and a few other top French presidents. Yeah, yeah. He was one of the instrumental guys for setting up the European Union, and he then moved on to the United Nations to do with the global integration structure of the three main trading blocs: North America, Union, 
Europe and the, the Far Eastern rim. Yeah, because you could just hear the arrogance in this book of how this how he talks about nomadic man and, and the peoples and yes and and those of him. So it's like it's like if you really didn't know what this guy was talking about, you didn't know the context. Yeah, you you would be lost. Yes, you'd be lost. And even Rockefeller himself says you must know your history. That's what they talk about oh, history. Yeah. If you understand how they control people in the past, they use the same techniques for controlling them in the future. Yeah. Awesome. I, you know, a, a buddy of mine just bought Labyrinth, his other book. Mm-hmm. And um, c- could you explain to me what the labyrinth means to them? The labyrinth, there's different meanings and different levels going back to the, the, the old miniature, the bull yes. uh, of ancient Grecian times too, the minotaurs. And... Um, and, and uh, they talk about the, 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 the different ways to the truth. Each one, there's so many uh, mislaid ways one can travel for your life, and there's only one straight path that you can find too. So it, it, it's tied up with a lot of mythologies. It would take ages to explain it. Awesome. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, you know what? Thanks, Alan, so much. I'd, I had always wondered what those pictures were mm-hmm. at the beginning of those chapters, and I recommend it to anybody. It's Jack Satali's Millennium. Yep. Uh, thanks a lot, Alan. Thanks for calling. All right, bye. Now we've got uh, Richard from Alabama. Are you there, Richard? Hello? Hello. Hi. Uh, I want to ask, ask you a question about Iraq. Mm-hmm. Now, we, America is supposed to have some enemies, like Iran is supposed to be our enemy, and China and Russia, and Hugo Chavez is supposed to be not our friend. Mm-hmm. Now, all these people have money. Why don't they get some good anti-aircraft weapons for the Iraqi insurgency? Mm-hmm. Why? Well, this to be a long, drawn-out war. They're doing this also for the war. They need a war. They must have a war going on. Because the war is to go around the whole planet for a whole hundred years. And out of the end of this whole ongoing war, it's a war for everything, on everything, a whole new system will come out of a pre-planned system. So it doesn't matter who they're at war with, as long as they keep the war going. Um, and under war situations, they can use martial law on the public. They can use the dictatorial means that they're using already. Without war and the absence of war, uh, they don't have any ability to order you around, change your lifestyle, etc. So they need ongoing war. So, so these countries I named, they're not really our our enemies, they are our pretend enemies. Yeah, they're handy at the moment. I mean, they used enemies in the past. I mean, Napoleon, when Britain was doing the whole job itself, uh, Napoleon said it was perfidious England because England would always arm to the teeth some small country that was next door to a more powerful country. He'd encourage the war after they'd armed them and they'd help fund the smaller country up to a higher position but if need be, they then uh, rearm their neighbors and bring that country down. They, they kept arming different sides with perpetual war, ongoing war. That was called how you kept the balance of power. And they're doing the same thing again. Uh, during World War II, Joe Stalin was called Uncle Joe by all the propagandist papers. He was our best friend with to save uh, the Soviet Union by every and every means possible. And at the end of World War II, we had no enemies, so that to turn him into the big bad bear. So this has been going on forever. Uh, Government cannot expand and be dictatorial without a war and an enemy to point at. 
so they can say, we're, we're here to save you. That's why we're doing all this to you. We're saving you. Without war, they can't do any of this. Well, several years ago, I read this article in a magazine about the Saudi royal family and their origins of the mm-hmm. Saud family. Mm-hmm. And according to this article, I believe it was in the Free American magazine, the Saudis are really Jews. I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. There's more, there's more rumor out there than truth, you know. And that the original uh, patriarch of the Saud family was murdered and replaced with a bunch of false cousins. As I say, that, that, these are, there's more rumors uh, to do with that than fact. Uh, an awful lot of rumors about it, in fact. But what we do know is that Britain was, was involved in setting up Saudi Arabia a long time ago. In fact, one of their top master spies, Kim Philby, was sent over to really set up the, the Saudi establishment. And uh, he was a top player for MI6 at the time. So it, you're not sure whether that rumor is true or not? Well, how can, how can you be sure of a rumor? <laughs> well, it was... Uh, you, either be, you either like a, a rumor or dislike a rumor. But I'd rather deal with the facts than rumors, you know? Yeah. Yep. And apart from that, the Arabs themselves wouldn't put up with too much of that either themselves. So uh, you've you got to take that into consideration too. Hmm. Okay. Well, it's not okay, thanks. but it's it's uh, <laughs> it's enough to worry about tonight. There's lots to worry about tonight. Uh, there's just as much to worry about about all the things that are happening within the Americas that you don't know about that are, that are happening every night. And uh, we're the last to know. We will be the last to know what it's all about. But okay. thanks for calling. All right. Good night. Good night. Now you've got Robin from, Cali- Is it Robin from California. Hi, Alan. Hello. Um, you know, I'm calling because I wanted to share a brief experience I have and get your uh, opinion. Um, you're, uh, back in 93, I was in Vietnam, and I was invited to the home of the director of the Vietnam Oxfam effort. Yeah. And, um, you know, Oxfam, you know, is an NGO and a charity and so forth. And they had this fabulous villa that this um, director was living with, and they had, you know, tag team nannies running around taking care of their babies, and they had all these servants and gardeners and drivers, and they were putting on an elaborate party, and it was just kind of this circus. And at the time, I was very suspicious because I thought, wow, I don't know if the people that give their coins and their bills over to Oxfam realize Mm-hmm. That they're running this embassy in the, and not just living with the people and working with the people, they're living on top of the people. Sure. Yeah. And so now after listening to you, now it occurs to me that it's more than just having to schmooze with muckety mucks, mm-hmm. but what they're having to do is they're having to prove that they're schmucks too. Yes. They're crooks. And yeah. so here's our big hot embassy that our foolish people are paying for, so we're in on the dirty deal with you. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So anyway, I want to thank you because your um, shows gave me this insight that I'd always wondered about why they were doing this. And I'd also like to say that I've done a little very brief research on Oxfam, and one of the founders is a guy named uh, Gilbert Murray, a professor from Oxford. Mm 
Yes. And he has ties to H.G. Wells and League of Nations and all That's this stuff. That's right. That's right, yeah. And, you know, it's just, uh, well, anyway, it's same old, same old. Mm -hmm. And that's why they, they named it Oxfam, you know. Uh, what do you mean? Oh, yeah. Oxford. Yeah. Yeah, Oxford famine, yeah, yeah. And also going through Oxford University, because they have their own Masonic group you know, that, that for the elite uh, Ivy League type to get uh, initiated into, officially on the map where the river runs through Oxford is called Oxford on the Isis. Oh. That's the name of it. <laughs> yeah. Well, these guys just... They just never tire of this stuff, do they? Never. No, it's in your <laughs> face. But we're, we're so ignorant. Most folk don't know, and they love that because they snigger at us in our ignorance. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, oh, yeah. Well, thank you very much, Alan. Uh, thanks for calling. Bye-bye. Bye now. Yeah, you should check into all these big charitable institutions because they're this part of the establishment, and they set up a lot of them. Uh, there's little global village um, stores and so on all over the countries, and so the money is going to all the wrong places. We know that for a fact. It's the same with the, with the people wonder why the Red Cross. Why is it that the Red Cross, after 9/11 and the Katrina um, disaster, how come the Red Cross and the Salvation Army were the two authorized charities that Mr. Bush said? Would, why? How come? When can a government say these are the two authorized charities that you must send your money to? Look into it and find out. Why do you think the Red Cross has that Red Cross there? The old Knights Templar Cross. Why is it they can go between battle lines and not get shot at? They have immunity. It's all Freemasonic. And it's a rip-off, uh, big time. The Red Cross has contaminated more people with contaminated blood than probably any other the system in the world for spreading bacterial warfare. Back with more after these messages. Management, 
crime prevention and other related public safety concerns. The declaration seeks to establish a more structured framework for the cooperation on public safety issues between Canada and Israel. The Declaration of Intent is an opportunity for Canada and Israel to strengthen their commitments to safeguarding their citizens and respective national interests from common threats, said Minister Dichter. And there's a link at the bottom of that page you can look into as well. This is a handout, obviously, given out by governments to the people. That's how it's done today. They give handouts, little, little authorised spiels uh, of authority. They don't go into in much detail. You know you're being conned. You're not get, you're getting the whole story to do with this at all. It's just a handout, and you take it or leave it. That's the attitude that they have now. After all, why should they pamper the public? And it's true enough, most of the public really don't care what's really happening anyway. They're too busy watching TV and seeing who the latest American idol happens to be or watching these silly little reality shows where you have little girls and little boys put in the house and they go at it doing all those silly little things. That's what's happened to the public. They are conditioned in a world like Brzezinski said where they can't talk about anything or think of anything except what's been on the news the previous day. That's what's in their head. It's rather sad. Rather sad. But it, it works. It's very, very true. We're on a roll as these big boys see their new world order coming into view, as Bush Sr. phrased it. This beautiful new world order. And they've gone after everything you need to be able to sustain yourself. They've gone after the young generation big time, grabbing the kindergarten and indoctrinating them so they'll never break out of their indoctrination. You already have young people coming out uh, asking to be sterilized to stay, save the planet. I said to do that 10, 15 years ago. Now it's actually happening. Indoctrination works wonders, especially when you have no, no parents to give you any inputs and have destroyed the external or the extended family, which was so important in passing down the histories, the oral histories, living histories, of people to their grandchildren. Very important. Well, from Hamish and myself up in Ontario, Canada, it's good night and may your God or your gods go with you.